It's Caracun Carne. The car is in the garage. It, the car's not moving for probably another month or so. So it's Quarantine Con Carne for the time being. And Quarantine Con Carne is sponsored by C&H Financial Services. Business owners, at some point, this will be done. And people will go out in the world. They'll want to consume your products. They'll want to go to your places. They're going to be spending money. And when they do, you're going to want C&H Financial Services on your site. CNH Financial Services will help you eliminate 100% or 100% of the fees associated with accepting credit and debit cards as a form of payment. Go or save this web address to freeprocessingnow.com or call 855-600-2437 extension 999 and start saving money today. My guest today, he is a musician. He is a singer-songwriter. He's a stage composer. He's a filmmaker. He's a storyteller. He's a bread maker. He's a mensch. He is David Singer of David Swinger, Singer in the Suite. <laughs> David Swinger. It's been happening my whole life. It's cool. That's the Naperville version of David Singer. <laughs> it's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. David Singer in the Sweet Science. David Singer, hello. Hello. Very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. I love this room you're in right now. Yeah, the, the, well, hold on a second. You do because, you know, I'm sort of sad that we're not in a car. So well, yeah. I did have the I did have the option of doing it from a conversion van. <laughs> so if you want that, I could the, do that. The shag makes it. Let's be honest. The it shag does, is doesn't everything. It? I would yeah. love a van like that. I all that 70s retro somehow seems appealing now. I mean, if you have 2,600 bucks in a dream, it feels like you could have one. I mean, imagine, if you will, a nice big panel van. You've got like a Frank Frazetta gladiator <laughs> on the side slaying some sort of HP Lovecraft beast. That's what I would love. Oh, no, I didn't realize you were in a seat, but okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly. That, wait, go back to your uh, sound lab, if you don't mind. All right, this is, this is my real abode. This is so that's Harold Washington over your right shoulder. It is. The mayor right there. I did See, uh, canvassing for Harold Washington door to door in 1983 and, uh, before he got elected mayor. You are uh, Chicago uh, AF is what you are. But what's interesting, as the world is peppering the internet with Lori Lightfoot memes, you're like, no, no, I'm old school Chicago mayor. I'm going to put a Washington meme behind me. Yeah, well, he's, he's just a guy. He's, he's a mensch. Uh, I, I like the mayor. I got to meet the mayor uh, before she got elected. Uh, she's not she's not tall i want to say that in person she's not a she's not a huge person she's a she's a small person noted okay. only in only in physical stature not like in her her gravitas she's massive now just as a point of reference for people who may have listened to me on the radio back in the day when i did the local music show on the former wkqx uh, i played david as a solo artist i also played david in his uh, previous band kid million and the band before that, and the other band too. Uh, but I played played you a lot. We have a lot of history. <laughs> we have a lot of history. You've Going been, through uh, the years. you've been a good friend and a, a stalwart supporter over the the many decades that I've been uh, and tilting yet against. Yeah, and yet we've fallen out of touch. So this is a great time to come back together. Absolutely, yeah. The pleasure is all mine. I assure you. So when this whole thing lifts and we can go in public again, we should like I don't know fist bump. We should go Chest eat bump. some meat. So I was gonna, I got to say that like my plan was to eat an Italian beef from Roma's, which is my 
local Italian beef place. Now, Roma's is on Cicero by, yeah. uh, by Montrose, yeah. I've got a bunch of places if you want to go over my, my picks later. But I went to Roma's, and they're apparently keeping Corona hours. So Fred's going to get a piece of my mind next time I'm in there. But uh, I'm afraid I have no carne and no car. Well, okay, rain check. Rain check on that. We could do, I'm, I'm always down for a good Italian beef. And that place is awesome. Yeah, that place is really good. So let's talk a little bit about music. Uh, new album is on the way, Vicious Kicks. New album, that's correct. I'm, I'm finally making another record. It's been, a, it's been nine years since I put out a record. I was doing other stuff. But uh, I have a record. Doing other stuff like making movies. Yeah, among other things. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I mean other things like also like playing tennis in the park and doing laundry. I'm not like being grandiose about it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I have a record that's almost done. I'm making with my old partner in crime, Brian Deck and my really unbelievable band called The Sweet Science. And we've been working out of Narwhal Studios in Wicker Park. And uh, we're almost done and we're getting close to finished. And then like society collapsed. So it put a slight (laughs) crimp on my like finishing schedule, but we're, you know, very close to being finished. And uh, I'm pretty psyched about it. And who's in The Sweet Science? Sweet Science is uh, Howard Windmiller has been my drummer since going back to Fix Your Wagon. He's and a percussive force of nature is what Howard Wynn really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ron Quasman, who I've, he's the new guy because I've only been playing with him for 20 years. So uh, Ron, who's in Margot and the Nuclear So-and-Sos, is he was in Chicago bands like Whitey and Brain Kiss, and he's been around. We've been friends for a long, long time. And a uh, new bass player is the handsome cost named Chris Postel, who also <laughs> plays in a band called the Daytonics. And uh, Mike Simons and Heather Simons, the married Simonses, do some like singing and percussioning and keyboarding and uh me whatever it is i do that's a legit band that's it so all right so arrows was the last one god arrows was the last one yeah dear god uh great songs on that i I, i've never even got the chance i never had the chance to interview you about arrows but i I still love my autobiography i'm ready i got it (laughs) all right now the world has forgotten your name and that's great shit on there thank you thank Uh, you very much Uh, i'm super proud of that record and i have to be if I'm being totally candid, I put out like two records in a couple of years that I was very, very proud of in East of the Fault Line and Arrows. And it was great. And I played a bunch of shows and people liked it and people wrote nice things about it. And I felt like I was kind of in a rut. Like, okay, you spend a couple of years to make a record and then you play some shows and people say some nice things about it. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, okay, well, what's the next thing you're going to do? And I felt like I was sort of treading water. Yeah. So I decided to broaden my horizons a little bit so fortunately with some help from my brothers i made a short film that some people liked called advantage weinberg which i love thank you very much Mm -hmm. uh and it did really well and then uh i went out to hollywood and i took a bunch of meetings and if i was 20 that's what you do when you go to hollywood yeah well that's what i did it's still what i do in the meetings but now i just know (laughs) what those meetings are like but I was like, if I was 20, I probably would have moved there, but I was grown up. So I was like, oh, this is a hand job. So I'm not doing that. So I came back here and my brother, John, and I raised a bunch of money. And I made a feature called Imperfections, which came out the year before last. And it's on Amazon Prime, if anybody out there is interested in watching it. And that movie, that, that was something that was in your head forever, wasn't it? Like It was. The movie is about uh, an out-of-work actress who gets a job working as a courier for a diamond importer on Jewelers Row. And she ends up trying to like put a fake robbery together and steal the diamonds, keep the money. 
And it was great. I knew somebody who did that job 25 years ago. And I'd been sort of kicking this idea around for a long time. And I wrote this script and my brother helped me like make it a reality. And I got Ed Begley Jr. and Mary Lou Henner and Chelsea Ross and these like fancy people who like fancy people. enough to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we made like a real movie. And I did some plays, some fancy plays in the interim there too. And then uh, after, you know, a bunch of time working in these other worlds, I was like, you know, I would really like to just have the fun of making a record again. You sure. know, making a movie requires a lot of people and a lot of money and it's like steering a battleship. And when I started out making records, it was just like me and three assholes I grew up with in a garage with $4. <laughs> and like, you could just do that and there's no bar for entry and there's no middleman. And once I started picking that up again, it was just like so incredibly joyful. And fortunately, the guys I play music with were game to do it. And so it's been, I mean, it's just so fun to go back and do it. And to be honest, to be kind of divorced from the careerism part of it, right. which I think I was a little bit hamstrung by sometimes. I uh, get it. It makes it that much more fun. And I'm making a record right now that, you know, is the best thing that I've ever done. And for whatever it's worth, but I don't know how, I don't know if records make an impact in the world anymore, but I won't, I'll be pleased to like have a copy buried with me someday. And the thing about going back to music after imperfections, you're responsible for a lot of people's time and imperfections. When you're writing and recording and doing your music, your pace is entirely at your, at your whim, really. I that mean, is true, but I would like to give a couple of caveats to that. First of all, the people in my band, it's not like they're making money, right? Like they do it because they, they, it's like a shared artistic endeavor that they think is worth their time. And I don't spend a single day not being grateful to those people and their families for the amount yeah. of time and effort they put in to do it. And that definitely extends to Brian Deck, who's like been my friend for 30 years and my artistic collaborator that whole time, you know, who's, for those people who don't know, Brian is a very serious producer and drummer. He was in the, you know, the big Chicago bands, Red Red Meat, and he plays in Caliphone, and he produced records for Iron and Wine and Modest Mouse and Counting yeah. Crows. And he thinks that, you know, I don't know what he thinks, but let's say that he uh, considers working on records with me a valuable use of his time which uh even at my advanced age still sort of fills me your with advanced wonder. age how dare yeah. you we're, we're similarly aged how dare you <laughs> yeah our advanced age our i advanced still have my age. hair though i gotta give it up for like as the men of our generation go bald you and i are keeping it extremely real up here i i can't complain my although i, I could use a haircut i guess we all could right now i mean i've got a gray beard but I'm okay. I'm okay with. It's all about balance. I'll take the gray beard in exchange for the hair on my head. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Don't get greedy. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk a little bit about what is to come on Vicious Kicks, forty-eight, forty-nine. Yes. Try, trying to figure this out. Is this about your typical social media keyboard warrior? Where, where are you coming from with this one? Um, uh, that song's kind of about me in general. The thing is that uh. I've spent a lot of time thinking about the difference between 
the person we present to the world and the person we are. And there's even more distance created in that uh, on, online, right? It's not, mm. That song is not specifically about that, but that's one of the things that it's about. That we have always, as human beings, been in the process of creating a persona that's the front-facing uh, identity we give to the world. And there's a varying degree of difference between who that person is and who we actually are. And that's a thing that I've sort of been fascinated by for a long time. I've been reading this amazing book called Trick Mirror by a woman named Gia Tolentino, which is sort of about this too. I highly recommend that if anybody is in the mood to read something sort of oh, We have time. Yeah. <laughs> should I go get it? Yeah, we're, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. But uh, that song's kind of about identity to me. Anyway, that makes sense. But, I, I see that or hear that. Yeah. So we, once this album is out in the wild, whenever that is, what, what moves you after that? Do you want to do more stuff for stage? Do you want to dive into another film? Do you want to go chase music for a while again? I'm not choosing. I mean, I've, that's my thing is like, look, if I'm not going to have to like cater to the whims of like some giant corporation, none of which are asking me to, <laughs> or, or, or the, you know, a, like a public that's demanding that I finish the next X, well then fuck everybody. I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do until I'm done. So Fuck I'm everybody. Gonna, I'm gonna Fuck yeah. everybody. Yeah. So uh -huh. I'm gonna make this record and finish it and then I'm gonna play some shows and um writing a movie and I'm writing I got a couple of T V projects that I'm working on and uh I have a like a little commercial business and I you know, I I do all sorts of stuff and the thing is just to try to stay occupied, right? I like Absolutely. To, I like to keep myself entertained. And fortunately, I have a loving and generous wife and daughter who allow my adolescence to continue unimpeded. Well, I mean, your wife knew what she was getting into. She knew you were an artist and a creator. Yeah, and she, yeah. yeah, it was cute when she signed up for it, though. But now, you know. Yeah. Uh, would you say, David Singer, that you're living your best life? Oh, yeah. No, there's no question. There's no question I'm living my best life. Uh, Right now, it's getting sort of weird. I'll say this. So as someone who, I mean, I write all day. It's what I do for uh, my life. I'm either writing a script or writing a song or writing a treatment or whatever it is that I'm writing. So I'm used to spending a lot of time in this room yeah. in solitude. But I'm not used to not having the house to myself. And I'm not used to being in like constant fear for everyone's safety, including my own. And wondering when the world is going to go back to normal. So uh, I've just, I've dealt with it by changing the hours that I'm awake slightly. So right now I'm generally sleeping from like 3 a.m. to 10 a.m., which is sort of weird, but uh, I'm into it. So that's, I'm staying up, I'm playing PlayStation, I'm watching television, I'm being nice to myself. I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself to get a lot of stuff done. If at the end of this whole monstrosity, I come out of it with some work that's of any value, that's a bonus. But I'm just sure. trying to come out of it. Well, and see, that's just it. And I was going to ask you how you were coping with sheltering at home and dealing with COVID-19. But there's this idea that's been circulating for weeks that with all this time at home, the creative people are going to emerge from their cocoons with their masterworks and these wonderful creative pieces. 
but I don't think that's fair at all because I think we're all kind of wrestling with this in our own way. And it, it's this thing that keeps changing. And I think you're allowed to, in this situation, say, you know what, I'm not going to create, I'm going to play my PlayStation. I'm going to binge Tiger King or Ozark and just let myself go for a little bit because the shit's fucked up and I need, I need distraction. And my distraction isn't always creation. I'll say this for myself, not speaking for anyone else. Um, I find it much easier to write about things that are meaningful to me with the benefit of some hindsight and distance. I don't write about things that are painful or joyful or whatever generally while they're happening. I find it easier to write about them when I can put them in the context of my life. And right now we're in the middle of the slow motion car crash. So I'm going to wait till the car stops flipping over before I start trying to talk about how I feel about it. In the meantime, I'm using the time I have to write about stuff that's important to me from the not so distant past. And uh, I don't know, do you, do you see a lot of good work coming out of the people writing shit about being locked down with their enemies? I haven't seen enough of it to make a judgment yet. I. I don't know. I mean, I I feel a certain extra creativity just as a way to put routine around this. I, I think that's yeah. that, that's something that people can benefit from is just providing more framework to their days. It, it's helped me a lot. Even moving this pod this podcast to a nightly thing, I know that you know for an hour or so a day, I'm going to work on this, and it's a creative outlet, but it also gives me something to do and focus on other than oh my god, the world's on fire. Yeah. Well, I will say this. So I was talking to somebody, I told this story very recently, but um, somebody really smart once told me that depression isn't the opposite of happiness. Depression is the opposite of activity. That if you can find a way to stay engaged and occupied and doing shit, that they, you don't leave enough room for that other stuff to creep in. And that's not to say that we're not entitled to uh, fear or sadness or just a general sense of what the fuck about what's happening right now. Right. But it's much easier to keep yourself busy than it is to try to sort out your feelings in a vacuum. I agree with that. And I don't know about you. I tend to do some of my best stuff, whatever that stuff is, uh, when I have way too much going on. Yeah. Yeah. For the sure. more the more occupied my brain is and the, the less hours I have in the day, the more productive and strong I think my work is. Yeah. Which, I've been trying to finish the second act of a screenplay for like three months, but instead of working on it yesterday, I completely trimmed all the hedges in the front of my house right now because I have too much time right now. And when, that, <laughs> when that act becomes due, that's when I'll be able to really buckle down and try to figure out why it's right. not. All right, so do you feel comfortable playing, like doing this over the, over the web? I absolutely do. I would love to do it. I've been doing the occasional like streaming show on Twitch, which I think is a thing that people use to play video games on. It, it is, and that, that's just it. I, when I thought I was going to move this show to a nightly video thing, I looked at Twitch, and I couldn't move past the fact that it's very, it's very much a gamer's platform, and I had a hard yeah. time visualizing how to transform that into what I needed it to do. What you're doing right now is what I would call God's work. You have this completely sorted out. I would not fuck with perfection right now. Keep Thank doing you. Doing what you're doing, it's going to be fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you've been doing this stuff uh, for other. 
other shows on Twitch. And like I played a little streaming show. I'm trying to figure out, I had some shows get canceled because I, you know, I'm putting out music and uh, I also like, I crave human contact. So this thing is weird. You are a social animal. I really am. I adore my wife and my daughter and we all like each other and there's, it's all it's not the shining over here it's really good but i have like well now to be clear the shining like the murders in the shining didn't happen till way later way later right and yeah. the weather was worse yes but um i i need to i don't know i feel compelled to like put stuff out into the world and you know I get try that. to suffer people's indifference to it so but, uh, where, are you, where are you gonna play I'll play 4849, that one we talked about, if that's okay. Awesome. And I'm glad you're playing it because I wanted to play it on my radio show. I, I do Demo 312 and 101WKQX, uh, but it's profane and I can't. And there's that whole FCC thing. So this is my way of getting it out there without having to risk an FCC fine. I'm extremely and, grateful. And your friends out in Carcancani uh, land should know that uh, it's on all the streaming services. It's on Bandcamp. It's, on, it's probably playing on your refrigerator right now. So... Go out there and put it on a playlist next to Nazareth's Hair of the Dog or something yes, like that. Yes. And, right? A classic from 1975. Another, another profane jam. Uh-huh. Wait, now you profane? can play that. Yeah. Now you could play that, right? You yeah, oh, for sure. You son of a bitch on KQX back in the day, but now. Oh, all bets are off. Now. All right, so I, I, I'm going to let you get set up, and as you get set up, I'm going to talk about what's coming up here on Carquin Carne. I like how you okay, describe fantastic. I like how you described Kirkland Carney Land. It sounds like a wonderful place to visit. It is. The rides are shitty, but the rest of it's great. So you're going to cut away from me so I can get set up, and then you're going to come back to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sweet. Do, your, do your thing. I'm going to keep talking here. Okay, good. All right. Uh, so tomorrow here on Caracol and Carne, Rookie, Chicago band, you should know. The band Rookie will be They're good. Hold on a second. Rookie's good. They had that great song, uh, 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 I Can't Have You But I Want You, uh-huh. which is a fantastic song. So when those guys are on tomorrow, tell them uh, that uh, I'm their admirer. I will. Okay. And there are like six of them, and they're all going to be on that through the beauty of web conferencing. All six members of Rookie will be joining me here on the show. And then uh, Wednesday night, I'm excited about this. An old friend, a guy who I grew up with, a guy who I went to high school with, who has, without exaggeration, without hyperbole, has become one of the greatest drummers in all of rock and roll. Uh, Todd Zuckerman from the band Sticks will be joining me on Wednesday night. He truly is a monster drummer, and he'll be joining me. I know that guy. He's a really good drummer. That's what I'm saying. Uh, So Todd will be joining me, and then uh, lots more coming up, lots more local bands for sure. Till Morning will be joining me next week. I'll be joined by someone from the Fender Company next week to talk about learning the guitar in a time of sheltering at home, which I think is cool. All right, David Singer has his guitar. What are you playing? I'm going to play 4849. I know, but what, what instrument are you playing? Oh, what instrument am I playing? I'm playing an acoustic guitar. I'm playing a, a Martin acoustic guitar. Lovely. Okay, it is Car Con Carne, Quarantine Con Carne, live right here on the, the World Wide Web. It is David Singer of David Singer and the Sweet Science.
Julie yours forty eight forty nine.